Hello, I'm Sue Marks, Director of Teaching and Learning at Oxford Falls Grammar, and welcome to TikTot, an acronym for Teachers in Conversation, Transforming Our Thinking. Through listening to these conversations, you'll learn about the lives of Oxford Falls Grammar teachers, discovering what makes these talented individuals tick. In this episode, I talk with Sky Wells, who is one of our kindergarten teachers and head of Early Stage 1 and Stage 1 at Oxford Falls Grammar. You'll hear about Sky's unusual path into teaching after having worked for an investment bank and as part of an itinerant theatre group, amongst other things. Sky's insights into what is important in the early years of schooling are illuminating. Welcome, Sky. Um, thanks so much for joining me today. Sky, um, you grew up on the northern beaches. Can you tell us a little bit about your early years at school and, and especially any teachers who made a particular impact on you? Hi there, Sue. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I did grow up on the northern beaches, not very far from here at Oxford Falls. I went to the local public school. Um, I remember two teachers in particular who were really outstanding. My beautiful Mrs Hockey, who yeah. was my kindergarten teacher, um, very patient with me. I remember two things in particular. Uh, I'm still not very good at puzzles. <laughs> I remember Mrs Hockey spending time with me just never making me feel stupid or that I couldn't do it, mm. but encouraging me that I would be able to do it one day. Wow. Um, and again, working with me, I had her in year two, again in maths, um, helping me out with division. Uh, she got my mum in and we sat together and really partnered with mum to show how to support me at home. And I've just never forgotten her kindness um, in an area that, that I was struggling in mm. at that time. I mean, that's... That's quite amazing, isn't it? Because obviously a number of years have elapsed since you were with yes. Mrs Hockey. <laughs> and I think it's just so um, encouraging to hear how a teacher can make an impact that lasts you know, many, many years. It's something that's remained um, with me as a teacher and particularly in the K-2 space. Yeah, I want um, the children that are in my class, the children that are coming through, to have that mindset, I am a learner. I might not be getting it just yet, yep. but I am a learner. I will get there. And that was something that I remember um, Mrs. Hockey was so beautiful at doing mm. and, and encouraging me to to have that that learning growth mindset, really, yeah. e even in the, in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and it's something that I'm so passionate about with our little people today. Yeah. Um, we all learn at different rates but having that that mindset that I am a learner mm. I am capable of learning mm. and so that's important. something that's so important isn't it going forward it's not just in kindergarten or in infant school mm -hmm. but but um, to have that quality of being a learner um, is something that's a lifelong skill absolutely yeah absolutely. and and that also I think makes a great teacher mm -hmm. you know a teacher who is a learner for life absolutely yeah yes. great yeah. were there other teachers Sky? there were my um, other most favorite teacher I had him I was very fortunate for two years as well Mr Blanchfield uh, he was just an out-of-the-box teacher yeah. he was extraordinarily creative it was there that I had my first experience of debating of um, trying public speaking wow. we had like a class parliament which I know we have in year six here I ate that stuff <laughs> I loved it um, Mr Blanchford used to teach us our geography and history through sale of the century and I would wow. be going home and trying to remember everything so that you could play so play-based learning yes um, and he was just 
he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, and I I know actually a few a few um, other students from my cohort are are teachers because of the impact that he's made. Wow, Mr. Blanchfield, what a legend. (laughs) Fantastic. And what about high school, Skye? What what, what was that like for you? Um, Well, it was was a little bit of a jump. I went from the local primary school to a private girls' school. I was the only one from my my primary school that went, so that was challenging. So uh, mum's answer to that was get involved, get involved. Um, Good answer. I um, was really fortunate. I tried all the sports, tried all the um, extracurricular. I was in drama and debating and played netball and hockey and and it became a really, a really, really positive um, place for me. Uh, I really enjoyed um, my high school experience and kind of came out of high school with that sense of the world's your oyster. Mm. You can do anything, try anything. So right from, I guess, the beginning with Miss beautiful Mrs Hockey, um, and then was really fortunate um, to have a very, very positive high school experience and, and one where I had you know, a, real, a, a number of teachers sewing into me mm. um, about what I, would, what I could do. Sounds yeah. like a fabulous start, Sky. <laughs> so, so tell us a bit about what you did after you left school. Did you, did you go to university straight away? Um, I, I did have a, a year off and I worked for an investment bank, um, which I actually continued working for when I went to university. I decided, um, actually probably at the end of year six, that I'd like to go into politics and that passion grew and grew and was fostered by some incredible teachers in high school. Um, so I did a, an industrial relations, um, social science and policy degree. Um, and had a major in, in human resources. Mm. Um, so that's what I was working on. Um, I would work all day and then go to university at night. Wow. Um, so it was, a, it was a big juggle, but I just felt incredibly fortunate to have gotten a start um, with such an amazing company and was fortunate enough to work on a, um, a joint venture between two investment banks, working on the kind of change management side in the mm. human resources team. So um, was pretty fortunate to be studying it by yes, night yes. and actually there working in it by day. So the two went hand in hand. Yes. That's, that's a great, yeah. great um, experience for mm-hmm. you there. Yes. Uh, and then what's next in the Sky story? What happened? Um, well, I'm presuming you finished your university degree. Uh, what happened next? Yes, I did. About halfway through that university degree, um, I'd grown up in a Christian home, um, was always encouraged in my faith, but felt a, that that was a time where I made a personal commitment mm. um, to the Lord. Uh, was encouraged to finish that degree, but was not quite sure if that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, around just toward the end of my degree, um, the joint venture that we were working on mm. collapsed. Mm. And there was a bit of a sense of, oh, all of this work, all of this time, where is this all going? Mm. What What am I doing here? A period of soul searching perhaps for you Absolutely. personally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so toward the end of my degree, I decided I wouldn't continue on um, in the investment bank, although um, that was probably the sensible parental choice. Yes. Uh, and I packed my bags and went off to Switzerland to be an au pair mm. and learn German. 
uh, which is, you know, what you do when you're 21. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And what are your memories of that time as an au pair? Uh, look, it was very challenging. The family didn't speak um, any English. Oh, well, the father did, but he was at work. Um, so it was a pretty rapid time of learning. Um, I was thrown in the deep end. I love a chat, so <laughs> it was um, it was a real chance to um, yeah to learn something new. And yeah. I did learn German. I absolutely loved that experience. Um, I met a group of amazing people. I moved to Germany in that time as well. Experienced again a different culture, very mm. different to mm. the Swiss, Swiss culture. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. I spent some time in Labrie, which is a Christian philosophy centre mm. um, in Western Switzerland, started by Francis Schaeffer, an incredible theologian, um, mm. really asking some very, very big questions of myself. Mm. Um, what What is life? What is Christian culture? How does that intersect? Mm. Uh, faith and culture. Mm. It, was, it was an incredible time. Wow, what an experience mm. for you. Um, and... After your time in Europe, Sky, did you come back to Sydney? I did. I came back to Sydney, um, probably in search of, search of some more adventure. Uh, I joined, I applied to join the Navy. The Navy? As, the Navy. Wow. Uh, ASIO and the Federal Police. Um, you what, you applied to all three? I applied to all three um, and was accepted as a training systems officer. So I guess thinking about my HR degree in the Navy. Went through all of the processes required for that, was weeks away of going off for my officer training. And a, a theatre group came to our church and they were... Sky. Really? Yes. They, yes. And they were sharing the gospel through drama. Oh, wow. I thought, this is magnificent. Um, <laughs> wow. I guess, I guess a little part of me had always wanted to be an actress as well too. But, yes. You know, acting politics. Yes. Same, same, but different. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so I saw these, these performers and... I ended up deferring my naval placement, um, joined the theatre company and... Joined the same theatre company that came to visit your church? Correct. About a month later, wow. I found myself uh, in a van driving around New South Wales, performing um, plays, doing drama workshops um, in schools. Uh, we were in a prison, we were in nursing homes, wow. preschools, community centres, churches. Um, and it was actually during that time um, with that theatre group doing a drama workshop out um, in a very, very small community near Burke uh, that I decided I'm loving this, I'm loving teaching, this is what I want to do. So that was when you really decided to become a teacher? Mm -hmm. It was uh, while I was travelling I applied to university and was mm -hmm. accepted um, at Macquarie University to do a postgraduate primary education degree. Wow, what a story. So <laughs> you have really been, that, that, that phrase carpe diem, seize the day. It sounds like that is Sky Wells to me with investment banking and then being an au pair in Switzerland and then the Navy, but it didn't really happen. And then the drama <laughs> troupe. Yes. Wow, it's all happening. And then to have that epiphany that this is what you wanted to do, teaching. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. So you enrolled in a in a course to teach? Yes, postgraduate primary education. A uh, little bit of a toss-up. Would I teach high school? Would I teach primary? I just love um, the fact that you have to be a generalist. You have to 
be able to cover so much and go on a journey with one class mm. um, and decided that I would do primary education. Wow, we're glad, certainly glad you did. Um, so in amongst this sort of life of adventure, I know you married and you have three children. Um, you have actually travelled with your family, haven't you? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we, um, we have travelled. Uh, when my eldest daughter was six and my youngest was 22 months, we moved our family over to Vancouver, Canada. Mm. Um, I have, as you said, three wonderful children and three very diverse children. Um, I use the, the term neurodiverse and my eldest daughter um, is, has a range of challenges. Mm. Um, she uh, has some um, extra challenges with her learning. Mm. Um, from my research, just trying to work out what was the best way for her to be able to access the curriculum. Yes. Um, I found a school over in, in Vancouver. And again, that kind of, I guess the sentiment you shared, carpe diem, mm. that idea that we will always regret not going, mm. not trying. Mm. Um, we were really blessed that we were able to go. Mm. Um, and so we took ourselves over to Vancouver um, I did a postgraduate degree in theology, um, which was actually our visa and the way that our family could be there. Um, and my precious girl was able to have two years at an incredible school mm. um, working on the concept of neuroplasticity. And um, some listeners may have read Norman Deutsch's um, The Brain That Changes Itself. So that idea, the school is based on that idea that our brain is plastic mm. and through a series of cognitive exercises we can strengthen our neural pathways um, in order to create um, a brain that is capable of, mm. of learning. Mm. And I, I'm just thinking as I hear you speak about that, that although this was a very personal experience for you that involved your own daughter, that the research, the reading that you did in this field and your experiences with your daughter over in Canada, I'm imagining must have come back with you into your teaching life here. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, as I said, I have, I, have three, I have three diverse learners. Mm. Um, and in a class, we have 28 mm. Little little brains that are unique. Are unique. Mm. Um, it was an extraordinary time for me in um, having having a child that, not for want of enthusiasm and mm. focus and challenge, could not access the curriculum. Mm. Could not learn. Mm. Um, and so finding ways to do that, finding ways to support her, being patient, yeah. understanding that it is a really really different and often difficult road mm. um, for for some for some kids so absolutely that journey um, has has created a, a depth of insight mm. perhaps an empathy definitely an empathy um, yeah for for our families for whom school isn't a, a straightforward Process. Yes, and I, I think this will be very encouraging for a lot of um, people who are listening to this podcast today, just to know that, um, you know, as a person, um, as a mother, you've gone through perhaps what they are going through with their own children. Beautiful. Um, now, Sky, this um, action-packed life that you've lived has taken you to different parts of our state and the globe. 
But now you find yourself teaching kindergarten and in a leadership role at Oxford Falls Grammar. Uh, I'm sure some of the parents listening would be interested to hear your thoughts on what is important in the first years of school because you are a kindergarten teacher, so that's your space, but you're also leading the teachers at our school who are teaching in kindergarten year one and year two. Uh, and I know you've done some research in this area, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think really matters in these early years of school. Of course. Well, I think um, I touched on it earlier, that, that growth mindset, that idea that I can learn, mm. that I can experience success mm. at school um, in these early years and what I'm passionate about getting my team um, the way that we set up our lessons, the way that we encourage our students um, to be active participants mm. within their lessons, um, the way that we differentiate our programs to ensure that everybody is capable of, of achieving success mm. and that is going to look different for every learner. Um, but I think that in those early, early years, um, if we can set a, a student up to feel like I am a learner, mm. that is something that you take through, as we said, right throughout your whole life. Um, part of that is obviously literacy, the ability mm. to read, to unlock our, our world. Um, and an effective literacy program is essential. I'm really um, proud of Oxford Falls Grammar's approach um, to literacy, which is a synthetic um, phonics-based program, which the research is, is really backing up. Our new syllabus, um, which has come out of a 2020 review, um, is really backing up that this is the best way mm. to encourage all students um, to read. Mm. And what that is, is, is needing a firm basis in the sounds that make up the English language. And, just have a really beautiful quote um, mm. that kind of explains it that when we do when we teach just 10 words and get students to memorize 10 words mm. a child can read 10 words but if the child is learning 10 the sounds of 10 letters mm. so those letter sounds then the child's able to read 353 sound words 4324 sound words and 21,655 sound words. And I think that idea that when, we're, when we are becoming efficient decoders of sounds, we unlock a whole world mm. of, of, um, of language. That is, that is the basis of an excellent literacy program. Yeah, right, so giving them the grounding in all of those different sounds systematically. Systematically. Yeah and with uh, direct instruction. Um, that's, not, that's not necessarily right across the whole curriculum, but in those early years of literacy development, we wanna make sure that it is direct and it is systematic. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm wondering, um, what, what advice would you give to parents who are really keen to partner with their child's teacher in these years of infant school? course um, well you've probably heard it all uh, but read to them talk to them about books um, talk to them about the meaning of what they're reading listen to them read mm. and also accept that it, learning to read is going to happen at different rates mm. but that repetition of sounds going over and over those sounds and really 
encouraging your little person to be able to recognize those sounds move those sounds around mm. and being a confident decoder mm. of those words is really key mm. and then that other part of uh, reading rich literature to mm. our students um, think loud what's the meaning of this word I wonder discuss the language mm. um, just yesterday we had this mm. hilarious discussion about the word wafting what does wow. wafting yeah mean? Uh, and the students came up with these beautiful sentences and it was out of the book that we were reading so read rich literature rich literature yeah. stop talk think aloud yes what is this word what's this word vocabulary is so powerful isn't it just Absolutely. um building up your capacity to express what you mean very specifically mm -hmm. because you're building up that 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 toolbox of words almost absolutely yeah. and yeah. little children just love it they yeah. share these big words yeah. and discuss what they mean, what they and, mean. and use those in our conversations yeah. um, reading rich literature with our children mm. is one of the best gifts and i we guess can even them. talking about the illustrations in books absolutely. is very powerful absolutely you know it doesn't have to it can be even before the children themselves are able to read too much that we can have discussions about literature absolutely yeah mm -hmm. that's great um, now, I know working here at Oxford Falls Grammar that the students in kindergarten have really wonderful classrooms that open out onto a covered free play area. Uh, and we've recently, fairly recently, had those, you know, that, that renovation done. Um, and part of the purpose behind that um, is because we know it's really important for students in the early years to learn through play. I wonder whether you could just talk to us a little bit about um, that idea that play is important in learning. Absolutely, Sue, and that's based on um, the Reggio Emilia philosophy, uh, which is a an early years um, pedagogy mm. uh, teaching philosophy. Um, really understanding that the environment, the classroom, mm. is uh, kind of like the third teacher. Yes, right. And this idea that it's it's really important that the students are able to interact with their environment. And mm. you're right, we are really, really blessed to have um, beautiful classrooms that open up. Um, we can be inside and outside. We can do a lot of role playing mm. and movement with mm. the students. Um, we have guided play sessions. Um, that time is just as important um, in our curriculum. There's a lot of great oral language development yes. that can happen. Yes. A lot of and social um, interactions, I guess. Social too. interactions, yep. turn taking. Yes. Things that, um, particularly over the last two years, where um, mm. our, our little people haven't had as much exposure, the role of play is actually crucial in um, a child's development. And we are beautifully set up with our classrooms to be able to go and do that. We're fortunate that then we back on to uh, what we call our wooden playground where we've got sticks and leaves and trees that we bring into um, our classroom and we can use. Just today we made ourselves into human clocks, exploring time, what does time make? Um, yeah. And so that role of play yes. um, is really, really crucial. And, and developing, I mean, the imagination, I think, is really critical, isn't it, in those early years? Absolutely. Yeah. And that children have some agency um, in their learning. So um, that part of it is really important too in, in having uh, what we call thinking routines, where we encourage students to wonder, mm. to wonder about what if, mm. what don't I know about this? Mm. Um, and of course our role is to, to in teach and impart knowledge, 
But what's really exciting about this philosophy is inviting the students to wonder mm. and to explore. And that mm. means your lesson sometimes goes in ways that you might not have imagined. Yes. Um, but what's really wonderful of that is that it's a an authentic and a rich learning experience. Mm. Oh, I love that, Sky. I love that. That's, that's <laughs> sort of giving me goosebumps because uh, it's so exciting. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just thinking now a little bit about your your leadership role in the school, um, head of early stage one and stage one. Uh, could you, you, that means that you've got a team of staff who, who really um, work closely with you and under your leadership. I wonder if you could share a little bit about what you see as the important aspects of your role in leading the teachers who form your infant school team. Of course, um, I'm really fortunate in that um, I have a great team. I have a team of committed educators mm. um, who who all share that that mindset of wanting to do better. Mm. Um, we are on at, we're at a very exciting place where we are having a new K to two syllabus uh -huh. um, that is coming into place for literacy and mathematics. Mm. Um, and what's wonderful is being able to share and workshop with the team, um, come up and innovate new ways of um, of how best we can differentiate and and teach this new curriculum, um, it's exciting to to do some training mm. and some familiarisation with mm. with what this syllabus is, mm. um, and then working together to, as I said, to to really ensure that these first three years of of formal schooling are ones where we are de delivering a program um, that is full of rich experiences. Um, that is including that direct systematic phonics instruction to ensure that'll set them up for late all the way through up, their schooling um, for success. Mm. Um, and and what I'm loving doing is is just getting alongside the teachers, getting in the classrooms, meeting all the kids, um, and working as a team to to ensure that we're meeting the individual needs of our students yeah. um, and developing ourselves as professionals to to know that we are delivering um, that syllabus to to the very, very highest calibre we can. Mm, that's fabulous, Sky, and, and I've just so enjoyed hearing your story today and also what you're doing here at Oxford Falls Grammar. Um, I also work quite closely with you and I just want to thank you for your passion for teaching and the many ways in which you encourage and inspire both students and teachers alike. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Sue. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Sky today. Please join me next time for another episode of TikTok.